Charles Irving Bartowski of the Encino Bartowskis. Could you please report to the returns desk? Chuck Series Companion. Woohoo! Hey, I am the Jaystrom, your host, and this is the podcast where you come to rewatch Chuck and watch it with me, and we talk about each episode. We've already done two episodes, guys. You know what that means? Only 89 more episodes to go. Now, seriously, I think I might become a little overwhelmed if I think about it like that, but I won't. I'm thinking episode to episode, episode to episode. So right now, I only have one episode on my mind, and that's the only episode on my mind. Once I complete that, then I'll move on to the next one. But right now, my full attention is on season one, episode three, Chuck versus the Tango. Now, this is a really cool episode as it's Chuck's very first spy mission. Now, the first episode, it was a date turned into a chase and then diffused a bomb. The second episode was like a doctor's appointment at the Bymore that went bad. <laughs> and then a chase ensued and then there was a, a funny dinner. But this is the first real mission. And I can't wait to get into this episode. But before I do, I want to play a voicemail. Uh, that's right. I got the first ever voicemail for uh, the Chuck series companion. So I want to play this real quick. Hi, Jason. This is Jim from Massachusetts. And I uh, wanted to call and tell you I listened to your Chuck podcast. And, you know, I haven't watched that show in a while. And actually, I never even I never finished the last season. I, I watched it when it was first aired. But I watched it on Netflix my, with my wife. And... You know, your podcast made me remember, made me think about the show again, and I'm thinking about, I'm going to start it up and watch it. It's a great show. Funny. It was action. It was great. It was really good. But uh, good job on the podcast. Just wanted to say that. And uh, also on Entertainment Landfill and on your ETL Daily. You know, put out some great material there. So, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode, and I will be watching along with you. All right? Bye. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for the uh, feedback. I basically am fueled by feedback. The more I do shows, the more I crave to hear from the audience. So if you're part of the audience, send me some uh, feedback to nimpodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 1206-309-4729. Also, before we get into the episode, I want to uh, plug the new Chuck blog that I created. It's at chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. So chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. And there I will uh, post each episode as it comes out. And I'm trying my hand at uh, posting about each episode, kind of writing about it a little bit and telling you about my favorite songs and including a couple of old reviews that I found over the years. When I did my first season rewatch of Chuck, as I watched each episode, I would go and look for reviews of those. Most of the time it would drive me nuts because... Uh, because of nitpickiness or silliness or little things they point out. But uh, most of the time, it's interesting to read uh, reviews as you do that. One guy that I always like his uh, different take on things is uh, Alan Sepinwall. Uh, he writes for HitFix now, but uh, you can find different uh, reviews of his shows that way. Also, Maureen Ryan, she writes uh, TV reviews now for the Huffington Post. But back then, I think she wrote for the Chicago Sun-Times or something like that. I don't know. When I can find their reviews, I'll post them because it's just interesting to see different people's takes. Because if you think about it, uh, they're written for, from the perspective of when the show first aired and they didn't know what was coming next. So it's interesting to get that perspective as you're re-watching Chuck 
or you're watching it for the first time. So if you're a new watcher of Chuck and you're watching it on Netflix, one episode at a time, and I like to think that as I'm creating this podcast, I'm creating a library of shows for each episode where eventually I will have the 91 episodes, which is the run of Chuck, all five seasons, and they will be there on iTunes for people who discover Chuck as they uh, watch it on Netflix or whatever. And I think that'd be cool. Maybe it'll be there a long time or something like that. But I can't think about that too far in the future because, like I said, it becomes overwhelming. So one episode at a time, guys. Episode to episode. Episode to episode. And like I said, this episode is Chuck versus the Tango. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to get into the writer of the episode, which is Matt Miller. Matt Miller wrote, I believe, 10 episodes of Chuck. He wrote a lot of great episodes, too, and this is his first one credited. He also has since then, you know, it's 2015, he created the TV show called Forever on ABC. What's funny about that is Chris Fedak is the showrunner of that show, and another writer that worked on Chuck, Phil Klemmer, is also an executive producer and, I believe, a writer on the show. There might be more, and I'll figure it out as I go along. I'm going to talk about each writer of each episode and kind of talk, tell you about what they've done. But, yeah, Matt Miller, he's now doing Forever, but he wrote some great episodes of Chuck, which, you know, I'll mention more as we get to them. But also, this episode was directed by Jason Ensler. And what's interesting about Jason Ensler is he directed... A very short-lived show that I loved. He directed, in fact, every episode of the show. It was also in 2007 on NBC, which is interesting. It was called Andy Barker P.I., starring Andy Richter. And I believe it was executive produced by Conan O'Brien. And I love that show. But also Tony Hale, which you may know from... uh, Of course, Arrested Development, and now he's on Veep. But he was Andy Richter's co-star in Andy Barker P.I. And it's a really cool show. And, of course, you know, it didn't last long. Nothing that's great does on television, unfortunately. So this guy knows what he's doing, and he directed this episode of Chuck. Chuck vs. the Tango. So let's get into it. What's interesting about this episode is it begins in Tehran. <laughs> it, there's a painting of water lilies, and a guy is basically insulting the painting, saying it's not very good, it's got a terrible use of color, and then a dude shoots him. Then cut to two weeks later, and now we're in Madrid, and yet another person is insulting the painting. The guy says something like, uh, this looks like it was painted by a five-year-old. And again, that dude gets shot. So this guy takes it to a dealer in an art gallery in downtown Los Angeles, to the Miller Art Gallery. And I wonder if that's Matt Miller who wrote the episode being uh, unoriginal, (laughs) just giving the art gallery his last name. And this guy, uh, he's delivering the painting, and the guy... Just says, your money's right there. He goes to get the money. And then he gets shot in the back. What a piece of crap. But I love this time the killer insults the painting of the water lilies by calling it crap. So it's kind of a cool opening where it's a painting traveling from person to person and each one of them dying. So obviously this episode of Chuck is about a cursed painting, right? No, I guess not. And there's a very silly opening with uh, Chuck at gunpoint pleading for his life. But he's okay, guys. Don't worry. It's just a kid with a broken light gun. Please. Please don't shoot. Don't shoot me. Just put the gun down. Gently. I can't shoot. That's the problem. The stupid thing is busted. Well, when it comes to Mr. Bartowski, my friend, busted is just a state of mind. A little bit of this. Tweak that. And ta-da, locked and loaded. And we get another Spoon song. There was a song on Chuck versus the Helicopter, and now the very next episode, we get Spoon, Don't You Ever. Jim, can you record the podcast? Record that, Jim. Bet. Bet. 
But it's not long before Harry Tang shows up to annoy Chuck and annoy us, the audience. Chuck, Big Mike wants to see you. Not now, Harry. Can't you see him with a customer? I apologize, sir. This is not normally how we do things at Buy More. Now, Chuck. I was just on my way to see you. That's crazy. Now, remember in the pilot, Chuck uh, applied for the assistant management position. So Mike is going to give him a way to prove himself. Bartowski, what is it that you want out of life? You mean existentially, like fulfillment, inner peace, that kind of a thing? Or are we talking more practically, like Lakers tickets, personal steam room? We're talking buy more. Career objectives. What do you see yourself in five years, ten years? Honestly? Honestly. I have absolutely no idea. Well, then it's time you started to think about it. Big Mike asked Chuck what he wants to do with his life. And Chuck is like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And he goes, well, there's an assistant management position open and you and Harry Tang are up for it. Again, like the last episode, this is the show recapping for us. The <laughs> I just think it's funny in these early episodes how they keep kind of recapping things for us. As you know, there's an assistant management position open. It's down to you and Harry Tang. Now, you want that job or not? I do. I do. Uh, I'm sorry, Big Mike. I absolutely want that job. Well, then, Bartowski, it's your turn to show me something. Now, here's a funny scene where Chuck has to tell the nerd herders that they have all these computers to replace. But Chuck doesn't want to be demeaning to Anna. So he's trying to come up with a non-gender specific title for their group. Big Mike wants us to fix all of this junk in two days or he's going to give the assistant store manager position to Tang. I'm sorry, guys. And Anna. Guys, it's fine. I don't mind. That's not right. We need to come up with something non-gender specific. How do we feel about team? Fellow nerd herders. The Lester's. Chuck Stable of Hoes. I like that. Chuck Stable of Hoes. That's a good name. Now, we learned that Morgan would love to help him, but for some reason, old computers give him the willies. I have no idea why, but it freaks Morgan out. Heard Big Mike throw on the gauntlets, want to come by and say I'd love to help. But A, I like the skill set, and B, old computers give me the willies. You have no idea how much courage it's taken just to stand here. I'm really proud of you, buddy. Thanks, bro. But Morgan is also there to let Chuck know that Sarah is in the building. I bring you news. What? Your lady's here. And if I'm not overstepping my bounds, looking good. This is kind of a cute scene here where Sarah wants Chuck to kiss her, but he's like, what, what, why? And, you know, I'm your girlfriend, but <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. And it's so funny because, you know, Chuck at this point, he does have feelings for Sarah. I mean, Right away, he had feelings for her, even though he's really afraid of the spy game. He's not so sure about her or what's going on, but he knows he really likes her. And it's messing with his head, pretending that she's his girlfriend. Hey. Hey. Give me a kiss. I'm sorry, what? We've been on three dates. We have to sell it. That's it. I'm not really good with the PDA. Hmm. Well, let's go somewhere more private. Shall we? And of course, Morgan thinks they're about to go somewhere and like get it on or something. But then he sees Casey is about to go in there and interrupt it. So he tries to stop Casey, which, you know, isn't going to work at all. Hey, whoa, whoa. Okay, whoa. Why don't we give the kids a little prophecy check? Not cool. <laughs> I love that. Again, uh, Morgan gets the face push out of frame. Now, the way that Casey enters the scene, it seems like, uh-oh, it's going to be more of them at odds. Sarah versus Casey and Chuck in the middle. But Sarah quickly diffuses it. From now on, this is strictly a team. Team Chuck. Sorry to break up your little tryst. Next time you need to talk to the subject, I appreciate a heads up. Relax, I wouldn't dream of starting without you, Agent Casey. Mom, Dad, can we get on with it? I have hard drives to fix. Now, I love this bit here where uh, Sarah puts down a bunch of photos of dead people, basically explaining that all these people have been killed. But Chuck innocently thinks that they're all taking naps, I guess. They're all sleeping. Why are these people sleeping? They're not sleeping. They were killed, Chuck, and we want to know why. I have no idea. Well, look again. I would rather not. It's kind of creepy. Oh. 
Sorry. But what's funny is Jeff comes in because he's going to take a nap in the home theater room. But Chuck flashes on the picture of the water lilies in the, in the paper. I'll come back in five. Kind of caught dibs on the couch. Chuck, what did you see? I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not totally sure. Uh, water lily painting, weapons, an art auction tomorrow night. Does the name Lust See You Dad mean anything to you? Why? Because I think he's going to be at the art auction tomorrow night. Right then. I'm going to go fix some hard drives. Good luck with the spy stuff. Now, Chuck flashes on the mysterious La Ciudad. And we'll find out more on that in a bit. Now, when Chuck gets home, he finds out that Morgan has told Ellie that he's got the assistant managing job, which he doesn't yet. So he has to quickly defuse the situation. Chuck, I am so proud of you. Morgan told me about the assistant Uh, manager job. uh, Congratulations. (laughs) Team Bartowski moving up in the world, huh? <laughs> it's so funny and creepy the way Morgan delivers that line, and then he kind of wraps his arm around Ellie's waist, and she just kind of stares at him. Okay, first of all, it's not mine yet, and second of all, you can ease up on the enthusiasm. It's only a $2 an hour raise at an electronic store, and it doesn't even give me my own parking space. So with uh, Chuck only getting a $2 an hour raise, if he does get this position... Ellie's wondering why he just doesn't leave the Bymore. Like Morgan, I don't understand why would anyone leave the Bymore. Well, does your lack of interest mean that you're actually considering leaving the Bymore for a real profession? Real profession? Uh, sorry, I'm going to need clarification on that. He went to Stanford, for God's sakes, Morgan. Right, and was unceremoniously expelled senior year. Sorry to bring that up, champ, but I think we need to be realistic about our goals here. His goals or your goals? Great question, and I think we need to hammer out a plan for Chuck. What do we see him in five years? Ten years. Now, from this scene, let's cut over to Casey's apartment, where General Beckman is giving Sarah and Casey their mission. We're glad to hear you settled into Chuck's apartment building. But if he's right, this is a high priority. La Ciudad is the most elusive and dangerous arms dealer in the world. Last anyone heard, MI6 in London had a drop on him, but he vanished. Well, if he turns up, we'll just take him down at the auction. Not so easy. We have no idea what he looks like, no photographs. No one has ever seen La Ciudad that has lived to tell about him. So we'll bring the intersect. Everything we know about La Ciudad was fed into that computer. No way. It is too dangerous. He has no field experience or training. He'll be fine. It's an art auction. Chuck does this a lot where it juxtaposes Sarah and Casey talking about Chuck, cut to the other apartment, And it's Morgan and Ellie debating what to do with Chuck. Meanwhile, Chuck is just sitting there reading his PC Gamer magazine, not even commenting. And it's pretty funny. Listen, it's way too scary out there. Chuck can't leave the buy more. We're still finding ourselves. No offense, Morgan, but I think my brother has spent quite a few years finding himself. And he's definitely proven that his place in life is not at the buy more. You understand, he is a fragile little gelding, you know, still trying to find his legs. The real world will crush him. I love this uh, bit here where Morgan mentions a gelding and uh, Ellie calls him on it. Does he even know what a gelding is? And I'm pretty sure Morgan has no idea what a gelding is. Do you know what a gelding is? (sighs) It's that weird creature from the Dark Crystal. I love the Dark Crystal reference. By the way, just so you know, a gelding is a castrated horse or other male animal. So... It is hilarious that Morgan calls Chuck a gelding. (laughs) Now cut to Sarah and Casey, and they're still debating on whether Chuck is able to do this field op. He'll be fine. La Ciudad probably won't even be there. And if he is, is it worth the risk? All right, I've heard enough. Put him in the field. We don't know what he's capable of until he's been tested. And uh uh-oh, now even Awesome is chiming in on what to do with Chuck. What he needs is something to challenge him test his limitations a brush with his own mortality you know what i'm thinking i have no idea what you're thinking as far as i'm concerned dude you're you're way off the reservation class five whitewater rapids just the two of us this weekend near-death experience awesome that sounds great but my wetsuits are the dry cleaners that is a terrible idea that's way too dangerous i agree and i am not comfortable with you guys spending that amount of time together well chuck hasn't said a word what do you want to do i'm just gonna hit the sack good night team bartowski But Chuck doesn't want to have any of this. He just wants to go to bed. But I love when he gets in there, Casey's standing right in the window to tell him about his new mission. Congratulations, Chuck. You just got your first mission. Tomorrow night. Hope you're ready for the real world. 
And now we finally get the Chuck intro, the song by the band Cake, short skirt, long jacket, and I love this whole sequence. And if you're anything like me, this intro always gets me pumped up for the rest of the episode. It always has me rocking back and forth in my seat, and I'm all rearing to go for this episode of Chuck. And I love this next scene. Uh, Chuck is inquiring on what what is he going to wear to his new mission? And there's this bit of Tim Jones music that I love. It's like this weird popcorn kind of music that we'll hear forever on the show. And I love it. I wish I could find a track of this somewhere. Somebody's got to put out a Chuck soundtrack for Pete's sakes. So, dress attire for this evening. Uh, sneakers, or are we classifying this as more of a shoe event? We rented you a tux. Oh, that's very nice. How did you know my size? NSA. There's records of your rental information from prom night. I checked the suit in your closet. What's also funny in this episode is Chuck is getting sick of Casey's sarcasm already. It's only the third episode, Chuck. He keeps asking Casey, please cut down on the sarcasm, because he never knows if Casey's being serious or not. Okay, this is my first foray into major undercover spy work, so you could ease up on the sarcasm. That would be great. And how am I supposed to recognize La Ciudad? Is there a picture or something? If there's a photograph, why would we need you? What did we just talk about? I'm sorry. We're hoping something in the event triggers a flash. See, that's all you had to say? But then Casey puts it in Chuck's head that he needs to learn the tango. Now, uh, hand-to-hand combat, in all seriousness, if it comes down to me and La Ciudad and some fisticuffs or something, is there like a 20-minute tutorial you can take me through? Don't worry. You're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen to you. Assuming you know how to tango. Seriously? Well, I don't joke about your life. Uh, remember, he's got to fix a bunch of computers if he wants that management position. So how's he going to get out of this? Luckily, Lester is very understanding for once. Chuck, your girlfriend's here. Oh, hey, one minute. I have computers to fix. Don't worry about it. We got it. There's only a few left. Well, are you sure? It's done. But next time I have a big date, you were going to cover for me. Okay, great. Thanks, team. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, team. Where do you love Bird's we're actually going to an art auction at the Wilshire Grant. Oh, swanky. Yeah, I like it, man. Uh, aren't we moving a little too fast? No. Career, girl, guy's got it all. Okay, now this is the birth of Chuck's alias, Charles Carmichael. This is it, guys. This is where it all started. The idea with the cover is to keep it as simple as possible without revealing true personal detail. Any thoughts on the name? Charles Carmichael? Simple, dignified. Easy to remember and not far off Graduated with honors from Stanford, runs a hugely successful software company, semi-retired, and is considering entering America's Cup. Have you done this before? What I love about this scene is you learn that Chuck didn't just come up with Charles Carmichael on the fly. It's someone he envisioned for a long time. This is actually his dream person he wanted to become. This is the Chuck that graduated Stanford. This is a Chuck that started an awesome business that has an awesome job. Let's just say uh, Mr. Carmichael and I share a small kinship. How's that? When I first entered Stanford, it's kind of where I envisioned myself being by now. Except for the sailing part. I don't really know where that came from. But he's where most of my class already is. So what happened? And again, this guy... Bryce Larkin comes up. My life took a little detour senior year when our old friend Bryce Larkin discovered stolen tests under my bed and was kind enough to alert administration. Did you steal the tests? I thought it was kind of implied that I'm a decent person. Well, we all make mistakes. And I've made plenty. That just wasn't one of them. But hey, then Bryce sent me a whole database of government secrets that are now locked in my brain, keeping me in a constant state of fear danger and anxiety so i'd say we're even don't worry about tonight no reason to be nervous (laughs) i love how chuck denies being nervous at all but sarah points out that his hand is kind of clammy me nervous come on never your hand is a little moist it does that when i'm freaking out remember earlier when casey put it into chuck's head that he needed to tango so now he goes to his sister for help sis he says um do you know how to tango no, why? Oh, uh, no reason. I just I have a date tonight. I thought it might come up. You're tangoing on a date? Oh, that's definitely new territory. Good to see you reaching outside of your comfort zone. Well, considering my comfort zone extends to the end of that couch, new territory was bound to come up. But this scene gets ridiculous when 
awesome shows up and he's like, did somebody say tango? Did someone say tango? No, thank you, Captain Awesome. I'll look it up online. But it's also funny that uh, Awesome seems to have his shirt off a lot and Chuck calls attention to that. Would you please put on something, a robe or something? Did this semester abroad in Buenos Aires. Spent many a night tangoing my way into Senorita's pantalones. When I think of Tango, it also reminds me of the movie True Lies, which, of course, we know that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a spy, Harry Tasker. And in that film, there's a big tango scene. And even at the end, there's another tango. So it kind of makes me think of True Lies in a bit. But, of course, the tango has been around before True Lies. I know that. I'm just saying it reminds me of it. Okay? What, what the heck, guys? Stop judging me. The scene where uh, where Awesome is teaching Chuck the tango is actually pretty funny, how he's kind of forcefully pulling him forward and jerking him around. It's pretty funny. But this scene also has the first appearance of John Casey's bonsai tree, which I love. He's painstakingly trimming it. <laughs> When we cut back to the buy more, uh, a blindfolded Lester is trying to put together a computer while being timed by Jeff. But then Harry Tang shows up and he's been hiding a lot of the repair jobs. Basically, he's sabotaging Chuck's chances of being an assistant. What a jerk. We also have the first appearance ever of this background player in the buy more. He's one of the buy more employees. Fernando and the actor who plays him, Jesse Hyman, he's been in so many movies as just a walk on guy. He's a background player who just walks by. There's this hilarious video on YouTube that just like shows how many movies he's been in, just walking by, just being there. And that's what he plays on Chuck. He's always Fernando in the background, and it's pretty hilarious. And you'll recognize him because he's always got like these red cheeks there he's always like perpetual redness to his face and his he's got this big pompadour curly red hair he's a pretty interesting looking fellow there now harry ting he wants to know where the heck chuck is and i always love morgan's response to that where's bartowski on a date with a smoking hot wiener girl no biggie then he left you all here good leadership real good well Shouldn't be too difficult to get these done by morning. I'll leave the coffee pot on. And I love this. Chuck finally gets his cool spy watch. Which, by the way, when Chuck first started, the idea of talking into your watch like Dick Tracy or something like that is now possible with uh, all these cool new smart watches that you can get. Like the Samsung ones, the Pebble watch or whatever. The Android watches. And soon, you know, they're going to have the the Apple Watch. So now we can actually have cool watches like Chuck and speak right into our wrist. I can't wait. I'm going to pretend to be Chuck. But this also sets up that Chuck is always being tracked so they can always find him if he's ever in trouble. Here, this is for you. Inside the watch is a GPS tracking system. That way you can't run away from me. And if you flash on anyone, tell me immediately and then stay out of the way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I always run from a fight. This isn't a joke, Chuck. No one who's ever seen La Ciudad alive has lived to tell about it. Is he being serious? Seriously? What are my chances of getting into trouble? Toughen up. You'll be fine. Assuming you know how to tango. <laughs> and I love Casey mentions again that he better have learned the tango. And Sarah's like, why would he I... need to know how to tango? Is that code? No, not. No, he told me that I needed to know how to tango. <laughs> Spy humor. I like that. Come on, you ready? Now, regardless of what you think of Morgan right now, I think it's cool that he's really trying to save Chuck's bacon here because Lester, Jeff, and Anna want to take off. They've got things to do tonight. Okay, wait, wait. Where's everybody going, huh? We got computers to fix. Sorry, bro. I got my bar mitzvah lesson. Internet poker. But I also love about this scene is that Jeff reveals what a hard drinker he is. He's off by 8, and he's drunk by 8.05. I'm off by 8 and hammered by 8.05. What about Chuck Bartowski? Okay, what about our fearless leader? 
We owe him. For what? What? Because tonight, Chuck Bartowski is boldly going where none of us have ever gone before. But I love they're like, why would we do this for Chuck? And he's like, because Chuck is going somewhere we've never been before. To have intercourse with a beautiful woman. Speak for yourself. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because I know. Could you chat about that? Uh, I'm out of here. I gotta go. Anna, could I? Anna? Okay, okay, fine. See you guys. Big Michael just gave the position to Harry Tang. And finally they wisen up. Who the hell would want Harry Tang as their boss? Oh, have I got your attention now? Good. Good, because you know what that means? No more two-hour lunch breaks. No more Xbox tournaments. No more porn. (laughs) I love when he says, no more porn, and everybody looks at Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Total work hell. I'm in, but your boy better close the deal. Let's do this. Okay, thanks, Lala. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'm going to talk about this whole girl thing. I was better. I love as soon as Chuck gets there, he wants a snack off a tray and immediately stains his shirt. Oh, nice. Yes. Sir? Oh, nice. I've been a spy all of five seconds and I already have soy sauce on my shirt. Well, go and wash it off. And Chuck, stop saying that you're a spy. Right. Of course. And again, this comes to what I said last week about how Chuck is always talking about the intersect of being a spy at the buy more. It always seems like it's loud enough for people to hear. And here he is on this mission and he's talking about, well, some spy and he's saying it way too loud with an earshot of people. But again, suspension of disbelief. This is all for comedy. Also, uh, no one can hear him saying those things, but I think it's funny that that happens repeatedly on Chuck. So as soon as Chuck is in the bathroom, he he flashes on this guy at the sink, and he thinks it's La Ciudad. Do we know each other? No. No, not that I know of. Sorry. I love the way Chuck runs up to Sarah and warns her, uh, you know, he runs up and he's like, it's him. It's, it's La Ciudad. And they both look and the guy comes out of the bathroom and he stares right at them. It's just like our cover's blown immediately. It's pretty funny. Who? La Ciudad. Identified the perp, as it were. What are we still doing here? You know, mission accomplished. Time to go. Chuck, go wait at the bar. Go wait at at the bar? Okay. You go do what you do. I'm going to be at the bar waiting there, covering that whole area. Here is our first reveal in a long line of bartenders for John Casey. Drink, sir? Yeah, uh, I'd like a martini bar. Keep shaken and stirred. Thank you. Would you like a cherry with that? There's a great bit here with this guy that recognizes Chuck from Stanford. And I think it's fantastic that Chuck actually flashes on the guy. And it turns out the guy's not doing as well as he's telling Chuck. Chuck Bartowski? No. Name's Carmichael. Alan Waterman. Stanford? Hey, hey, how are you? Hey, you, hey. I'm great. I don't know if you heard. I sold out of my software company. Kind of unemployed. Problem is, I'm too young to retire. I'm too rich to work. Uh, <laughs> that's quite a pickle you find yourself in, Waterman. What are, what are you doing now? Last I heard, you were um, you were fixing computers or, or something. Yeah, you know, just kind of uh, just kind of weighing my options right now. Uh, you know, I, I may be getting a managerial position at uh, electronics conglomerate. So, you know. All right. Well, I always knew you'd make something of yourself. Who are you here with? Oh, my date. She's right over there. And he points out Sarah, who's beautiful, and the guy's like, "She's with you," but then immediately. The guy who we think is La Ciudad puts his arm around her and he's the guy's like, ouch. <laughs> and I love Chuck's line about, we have a very open relationship. Ouch. We have a very open relationship. Well, hey, um, give me a call. You know, if you need help with the whole job thing. I know people. I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Insider trading and offshore accounts in the Caymans. What did you just say? Do you work for the SEC? I gotta go. <laughs> I don't love he's like, I gotta go. There's something fishy going on. I know you guys think Chuck's a great guy and all that, but that wiener girl is super hot. Even even for me. 
Now we go back to the Bymore, and Jeff and Lester are debating on how could Chuck get a woman like Sarah. And I love that their first idea is like, oh, she's a prostitute. Anna Wu's like, how could he afford a prostitute? This sets up the sequence where Morgan actually gets trapped in the cage where they fix computers. And as you guys remember, Morgan is afraid of old computers. It's obvious, dude. She's a pro. Are you mm. kidding? You think Chuck could afford her if she was a pro? Okay. All right. You know what, guys? Enough crapping about her, right? Break time's over. Let's go. All right. Who's up for a game of deer hunter? Done. No, 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 no. Guys, guys, guys. Work now. Play later, okay? We got hard drives to fix. Look at this place. Come on. Look at it. Let's go. And now Morgan's totally screwed because he's locked in the cage with the old computers. I wonder if there's a name for a fear of old computers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? The lock is broken, man. You need a key to open it. Then then get the key, Jeff. There's only two keys. Harry Tang has one. And old Chuck has the other one. Yikes. And poor Morgan, the nerd herders, totally abandoned him. Where you going? Eh, don't go. No, 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 come on, come on, all computers break me out. Somebody give me a hand and help me. God, get me out of here, please. When Casey's at the bar, he sees that uh, Sarah's actually being led away by gunpoint. So he's got to go save her, which I love again, the team dynamic. He's there as backup for Sarah. No longer are they fighting or anything like that. But I love he tells Chuck, stay. 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 Stay like a dog. Now, do you guys think that Chuck actually does stay? Let's think about that. All the times they tell Chuck, stay in the car, stay at the bar, stay wherever. Chuck's a stubborn guy. He doesn't do it. He's going to get up and he's going to walk around. He's going to mingle at this party. And it's there he sees the water lilies painting and he flashes on it. So naturally he's going to go up and take a gander at it. And it's there he strikes a conversation with an extremely beautiful woman named Malena. Of Chuck villains, I'm going to say she's one of the hottest in the entire series. Am I right? Beautiful painting. What's that? Yeah. Beautiful painting. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it definitely has a, a quality about it. Very, uh, I would say, Bob, Bob Rossian in its influence. I absolutely love that Chuck references Bob Ross. You guys remember Bob Ross? He would do the PBS show where he'd, he'd paint... You do the little dab right there. It's, it's very like a uh, soothing kind of lull you to sleep painting show. I love that he brings that up. And of course, Melania has no idea who Bob Ross is. <laughs> who? Bob Ross. Bob, Bob Ross. You know Bob Ross, the guy who used to paint on PBS with the afro and the soothing. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Sorry. It won't be the first time. I'm Melina. Hi, Chuck. Charles. Charles Carmichael. So you don't like the painting? No, I, I, it seems very lovely. I'm just more, I'm more interested in the frame, but that you don't. Oh, <laughs> so sorry, so sorry about this. Work never leaves you alone. I'm in the software game, so. Morgan is going to be calling Chuck repeatedly because he's trapped in the cage at work. So you were saying about the frame? Nothing. Uh, it doesn't really actually matter. Sorry. Oh. Champagne? Sure, yeah. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. And this is setting up the tango for Chuck. And here we get this cool bit of music by the Gotan Project called Santa Maria. Love a tango. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Do you? Do oh, do I want do I want to? Uh, um. 
you know what? What the hell? Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. Cutting to on the roof, uh, Sarah's being interrogated by who they think is La Ciudad, but Casey's there to bail her out of trouble. What are you doing here? Please don't lie. It'll make this much more painful. But not before Milena points out that uh, Chuck's doing the tango wrong. He's doing the woman's part. Mr. Carmichael. Please. Chuck. Chuck. I think your hand is supposed to be on my hip. Right. Uh, apparently, I learned the girl's part of this dance. Would you mind leaving? Not at all. But we find out it's not La Ciudad at all. It's actually MI6. What the hell's going on around here? Don't move. Don't you move. Everyone take a deep breath. I'm putting down my gun. And I'm getting my identification. Slowly. What are you doing here? I could ask you the same thing. We've been pursuing an arms dealer through five countries. Let me guess. Must see you, Dad. That's right. MI6 intercepted a painting with plutonium hidden in the frame. Rather than announce the bust, we removed the plutonium and kept the auction in the hope of luring Ciudad. If you're not La Ciudad, then where is he? Where indeed, it turns out Chuck has been dancing with La Ciudad the entire time. That's a pretty gruesome flash, by the way, with her getting her throat cut it looks like geez this is a funny moment morgan is trying to find chuck and if you remember chuck actually told morgan where he'd be so you may blame morgan for blowing chuck's cover but really chuck never should have told morgan where he was (laughs) but uh the best part about this scene is the way morgan describes chuck to the lady looking for him Okay, 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 listen to me. So, so listen to me. My friend is at some sort of art function at your hotel, okay? Uh, now listen to me clearly. I need to speak to him. It's a matter of life and death. Describe your friend. He's good looking. You know, it depends on your ankle, I suppose. Uh, he's not classically handsome. I wouldn't say he is, you know, but he makes up for charm. Lots of, uh, of charm. And he's kind of a lost soul. He does this funny little thing when he's nervous. He laughs. He goes, ah, he kind of does this... Uh, anyways, what, uh, what, what, uh, brown hair, 6-1, does that help at all? But Morgan does indeed blow Chuck's cover here. <laughs> what line of work are you in, Milena? Why are you so interested, Mr. Carmichael? No reason, just making conversation. Excuse me, sir, are you Chuck Bartowski? Who, me? No. No, I'm Carmichael. That's him, that's my, that's my friend, I can hear his voice, hey, Chuck! Are you sure you're not Mr. Bartowski? Your friend insists. No, no, I insist. I've I've never heard that name in my life. I gotta go. Excuse me. What's funny is Milena's henchmen, one of them appears on Chuck in season four as a different guy. But it's pretty funny. So the guy's pretty good at being a henchman. I like to think maybe it's the same guy. I don't know. But maybe this guy was twins. And that's actually his twin brother, who's also a henchman later on in the series. Why don't we head up to my room now, Mr. Carmichael? Find out who you really are. Oh, oh, okay. Poor Morgan, he totally gets abandoned. Uh, so I guess we should regroup in the morning? Good idea. Yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. Where are you guys going? Oh, dude, it's just it's out of my pay grade. I gotta get some serious alcohol in me or I am never gonna sleep. I'm sorry, Morgan. Be strong. No, no, come on, guys. Don't leave me in here with these computers, right? You can hand me a slice, maybe some water. I need to survive through the night and I... Not cool! I love that they turn out the lights on them. That's really mean. (laughs) This is actually a great scene where Milena, or La Ciudad, is questioning Chuck. Uh, Most spies, they're resistant to uh, interrogation, and they can't be tortured. But Chuck gives it up really fast. Let's start with an easy one. What's your real name? Carmichael. Charles Carmichael. That wasn't so hard. Now, before you answer my next question, I want you to think long and hard about my options here. There's the old favorite. Yank out a tooth. Too noisy. (laughs) Cut off a toe. That's too messy. Far too messy. Or we can chuck you off the balcony. Chuck. Probably land face first. 
teeth go through the back of your head. Just these scenes with uh, Zachary Levi playing scared always cracks me up. Who do you work for? No one. No, 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 stop, stop. I fix computers for a living. I swear to God, I snuck into the party under a fake name to impress a girl. Please, please, down. Put your down. Goodbye, Chuck. No, 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 it's a setup. Now, this is the third episode in a row where Chuck, he's not just a bumbling guy. I mean, he may seem that way at times. You know, he's nervous and he's he's scared, but his brain always helps him out. He always does something smart to kind of bellow out of his situation. So before he's about to be chucked off the balcony, he mentions that it's all set up and that kind of saves his bacon there. And that's the second time I've used the bacon term. I don't know why. Why am I talking about Chuck's bacon? I think the painting might be a fake or something. Why? If you put me down, I'll tell you. (sighs) I saw a photo of the painting in the LA Times, okay? But it had a different frame. So I'm assuming somebody maybe swapped it out. I don't know. But if I were you, I would not buy that painting. A fake painting. And you had no intention of bidding on it. Me? Bit on? No. Not unless they were selling it for 25 bucks. I mean, that's about what I have in my decorating budget. Okay. Tell me how to fix a computer, Chuck. Now, remember earlier when Sarah gave Chuck that watch with the tracker in it? That's totally paying off now. I love when Milena challenges Chuck to tell her how to fix a computer. Of course, he knows exactly how to do just that. My first inclination is that your bus speed is not up to snuff with your video card. I'm assuming we're talking about a PC here, right? Is your memory dedicated? That's enough, Mr. Bartowski. I believe you. (sighs) Problem is, since you've seen me, now I have to kill you. Have have to? Have to? No, no, no. I disagree. I disagree. Vehemently. Vehemently. No, no, no. I wouldn't say anything. I swear to God. You don't know the things I know about people. Don't worry. It'll be fast. Goodbye, Mr. Bartowski. I enjoyed our tango. Here's a great scene where Sarah and Casey are playing to be like a happy couple going to their room, and then they start kicking some ass. I didn't like it that much, though. He was kind of really? silly. Oh, I kind of <laughs> liked him. Hi. Now, here's a great scene also where uh, the guy from earlier that went to Stanford with Chuck, he's downstairs talking to uh, a colleague on the phone about, they're on to us. We're screwed, man. And then Mulaney comes crashing into the window and he thinks the jig is up. They're on to us. The SEC knows everything. Shelly, they know about the Cayman. Oh. I surrender. I surrender. But then Sarah shoots another henchman, he flies off the balcony, and the guy downstairs sees that too. Oh my god! For Chuck's first mission, it wasn't bad. Yes, he got captured, and yes, he almost got tortured, but he never gave up who he was working for. And he survived to live another day. So I'm going to say, pretty good job, Chuck. Chuck, are you okay? Okay, okay, two more seconds and I'd have been dead. They were going to throw me off the balcony. Did you tell them you work for us? Of course not. Where the hell were you guys? You're still alive. I consider myself lucky. There's a nice scene here where Chuck comes home to Ellie. And it looks like she's waiting up for him on the couch, which is funny. If you think about it, Ellie did raise Chuck practically from a young age so she's kind of the mother figure and sister figure for chuck so she wants to know how his date went and uh what he can't tell her is that he was captured by a scary assassin and nearly tortured there were bullets whizzing around his head but instead he tells her he's not sure it's going to work out with sarah because uh it's just too much for him hey hey that was the big date it was good great fine i'm gonna go to bed i love you what no, 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 no. Is that all I get? Come on. Sit down. I want to know, you know? Do you like this girl? It's, you know, it's complicated. Well, explain it to me slowly. I'll catch up. She's a very beautiful girl. Good. Go on. And she's very agile. I'm not sure how that applies, but continue. And I, I think she's too exhausting for me. <sighs> What happened? 
Did you guys tango? Oh, yeah, yeah, we tangoed. In fact, we tangoed quite a bit, but uh, Awesome taught me the woman's part of the tango. So it was a little difficult, as one might expect. What's up, bro? Let's do the famous dip. Yeah, I was on the receiving end of that dip. You did tango with a woman, right? And on that note... No, 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 you're not getting off that easy. Why won't you talk to me? It's... It's, it's complicated, okay? Just let it go. Fine. Now, here is the ode to Shawshank Redemption, what I think is funny. Uh, Morgan is incarcerated in the cage. Remember that great scene in where Andy Dufresne locks the guard out and he plays this beautiful piece of music? Now, I don't even know if I can say the name to this piece of music, but let's just call it Di Figaro. God, it's you, dude, dude, you have no idea. Then okay, 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 settle down, settle oh. down, settle down, settle down. It's all good, it's all good. What's funny is they actually reference Shawshank Redemption later on in the series with the same music about uh, incarceration and freedom and everything. And uh, I'll bring that up when the time comes, but it is funny that they went back to that. I'm thinking Chris Fedak and Josh Schwartz love the Shawshank Redemption. I know I do, so it's an awesome thing to reference. What happened? Oh, what happened? Uh, a tank showed up, and he dropped all these off. Uh, I guess I guess he was stashing them, you know? So, all right, let's do this. What are you talking about, Morgan? You don't know how to fix a computer. But what's nice is even though Morgan has spent the night in the cage and lock up all night, he's still willing to stick around and help Chuck out. Moral support, man. Never never leave your wingman, okay? It's something your team can learn a little something about. Look, it's it's okay, man. Go get some sleep, Okay. Are you sure? Because you say the word, and we go down together. No, I, I appreciate that, but I think it'll be nice to do something I'm actually good at. So, I'll see you. Fantastic. I'll see you later. Good night, brother. Good night. Now, this leads into a really cool song by the band called Band of Horses, The General Specific. Bartowski? Mission accomplished. Whoa! Two days was meant as an incentive. I didn't think you'd really do it. When Big Mike shows up, Chuck has been up all night repairing all the computers. Let's think about that. First of all, he worked all day, went on a dangerous mission, then he went straight to work repairing computers. I think he's assistant manager material. Let's see what Big Mike thinks. I'm impressed. And I'm not a man easily impressed. Well, I think you should know that I only fixed the last few. Uh, my team did most of the work. They deserve the credit. And you're only as good as your team, so... First rule of management. Always take credit. Hope we can sell all this crap. You know, one thing Harry Tang is really revealing here, that he is afraid that he's going to lose to Chuck. First of all, he hid the extra computers to screw Chuck up. And now he's showing up with empty beer cans, which you know is most likely Jeff's. But he's also trying to get Chuck in trouble. He's such a weasel. Sir, there's been a major infraction. Drinking alcoholic beverages on the property. Nothing wrong with a man wetting his whistle every once in a while. Keep it out of the store, Batowski. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, sir. You get extra points for style. Looking sharp. <clears throat> you look like a waiter. Kiss ass. What a jerk. <laughs> But I love that uh, Big Mike doesn't care. Nothing wrong with wetting your whistle. And here's Morgan talking to Fernando. <laughs> Fernando. About, <laughs> uh, about what it was like being trapped in the cage. Was I scared? Yeah. Yeah, I was scared. But then this survival instinct kicked in. Something I didn't even know I possessed. A desire to live. Good news is I may be able to retire off of this. All right? I talked to Big Mike. I told him he'd be hearing from my attorneys. That cage is a major fire hazard. 
And I love here where Casey comes and he actually gives Chuck a compliment, but he doesn't want to hear it because he's sick of Casey's sarcasm. I mean, seriously, people who are sarcastic all the time, nobody knows when they're being serious. So I understand Chuck's point here. Chuck, good work last night. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm working on an all-nighter here, big guy, and I realize that you were probably armed, and so I'm going to ask you very nicely, would you please ease up on the sarcasm? I wasn't being facetious. You helped us find La Ciudad. She got away. Yeah, we got a photo from hotel security. We had a blood sample from a broken window. Our intel tells us she's headed down to Central America. We have people waiting there. You looking sharp? <laughs> and then, of course, he adds, and you're looking sharp. And Chuck is like, oh, well, thanks. Oh, thanks. That was facetious. I actually love the dynamic of, you know, there's Chuck and Sarah, but I also love the dynamic of Casey and Chuck, where Casey's always calling him idiot and giving him a hard time. It, it's funny throughout the series. This part where La Ciudad's henchmen show up, when Chuck does this cool little dive, <laughs> he does this hilarious, like, he ducks down beneath the counter immediately. It can't be captured in audio, but uh, you've seen the episode. It's hilarious. Once again, Zachary Levi's uh, physical acting is is hilarious. It's great. And Harry Tang shows up at the worst of times. Really, this guy. Ugh. Chuck, hiding from work again? I, I, uh, I, I think I dropped something. Go away, Harry. Oh, you wish I would. I'm not going anywhere, Chuck. When you go to sleep at night, all you're going to see is tang in your face. There's something about the tang in your face line that just, it's, it's, it's not right, guys. It's, it's just not right. But then the big hulking dude shows up. I love Harry Ting's face changes like, oh. Excuse me, please. Where can I find a Chuck Bartowski? Uh, why? What's he done? Because I need to speak to him. Okay, well, if he's uh, in any kind of trouble, let me know. Chuck? You have a visitor. Chuck. Well, uh, maybe I can help you, sir. And there's a great setup here between Malena or La Ciudad and Sarah. And again, it goes back to Santa Maria, the song by the Gotan Project. And they have a great fight in this episode. But I love this moment where she walks by Sarah and they both stop and they kind of turn kind of sizing each other up. I think we have some company. Basically, they're getting ready to do their own tango. <laughs> ah, shut up, Jason. But uh, Chuck does a smart thing. He lures the bad guy into the cage by basically calling himself there. And luckily, Casey is smart enough to understand what he's doing. Chuck Bartowski to the storage cage. Chuck Bartowski, please report to the storage cage. Where's the storage cage? Oh, uh, just through here, sir. I'll show you. I love this scene where <laughs> Casey leads the henchmen over to the refrigerators and he's acting like he's trying to sell him something, but the guy's not going to take it any longer. He wants to know where Bartowski is and Casey does this awesome uh, little bit of fighting here and throws him in the fridge. By the way, we are having a big sale on refrigerators, in case you didn't notice. Whoa, where is he? Where's Chuck Bartowski? I also love the way Casey goes, hey, uh, I'm just a sales clerk. <laughs> Before disarming him and kicking his ass. Oh, sir, I'm just a sales clerk. Though. Take me to him now. There's also a great moment in this fight where the guy actually punches Casey in the forehead. And I think it hurts the guy's hand more than it does John. And now on the rooftop of the Wienerlicious... <laughs> Sarah and Lucia Dad have a pretty kick-ass fight. There's a great moment here where Chuck, you know, he hides in the back room where the cage is, and he lures the big giant back there. And I love Tim Jones's music here. It kind of reminds me of, like, somebody playing on crystal 
water glasses or something. And uh, it just sounds really cool at building the kind of tension. What's funny about the scene is while it's also kind of uh, it's tense because this guy's going to kill Chuck. It's also got a comedic element to it. <laughs> you got big old guy thing that was so broken this morning. They fixed the cage. <laughs> it always looks brutal when that guy gets hit in the face with a microwave. Now that's what I call moving some merchandise, yeah? Yeah. Great line there by Casey. Now let's cut back to Sarah in La Ciudad fighting. Now Sarah lays her out. Down for the count. And I love them. <laughs> After all of this is happening, we have Morgan obnoxiously paging Chuck to the nerd her desk. Uh, Charles Irving Bartowski of the Encino Bartowskis. Could you please report to the returns desk? Charles Irving Bartowski. What? <laughs> I love how Chuck goes, what? <laughs> He's like, I love this thing. And he just rips it out and takes it with him. Nothing, nothing. I'm just loving this thing, man. You know what? We should get one for your apartment. <laughs> oh, good news. They fixed the lock on the storage cage, so... Not really helpful now, Morgan. Here's a great moment here at the end where Chuck goes to talk to Ellie again, kind of apologizing for basically not talking about his problem earlier. She just wants to help him out. But his main problem is he's falling for Sarah, but he knows Sarah's just there because it's her job. He can't tell his sister that, so it's easier not to talk to her than to lie to her. But the reality of the situation is he's dealing with the fact that they're pretending to be boyfriend and girlfriend and he has feelings for her, or at least he's starting to have pretty strong feelings for her. And she's just not into him because it's her job. And I always love the scene because Ellie pretty much spells it out for Chuck here. She also spells it out for us because this early in the series, we're not sure how Sarah, we know that she has affection for Chuck. We know that she thinks he's a charming guy. He's a nice guy, but Ellie can read it on her face. She really does have feelings for Chuck. I'm really sorry, sis. I, I know that I've been kind of evasive. It's just that I, I didn't want to lie to you, and I chose not saying anything as being the lesser of two evils. Why would you have to lie to me? Ellie, I just, I just need you to trust me and know that it has nothing to do with you. But you want me to butt out. I get it. It's none of my business. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I don't, I'm not saying that. I, I, I just don't want to create a false sense of excitement for a relationship that seems doomed. Why is it doomed? Because she's not into me. Uh, trust me, I have seen the way that that girl looks at you, and she is into you. Really? It's none of my business. Okay, no, okay, fine, what the hell? What, uh, what do you, what do you want to ask me about Sarah? Really? You better hurry up, this offer will not last. Okay. Do you like her? Yeah. No, no unnecessary excitement. I always smile at Ellie's excitement when he admits that, yes, he does have feelings for her. Because, you know, she's a sister. She's happy for him. When the doorbell rings, it's not just Sarah there, but it's also Morgan. And I think it, it's funny because this kind of, it's setting up the storyline for the next episode where Morgan's kind of feeling like a third will. And he's kind of getting sick of Sarah being everywhere. And I think he's kind of getting sick of Sarah taking up all of his Chuck time because he kind of seems kind of like a jerk here at the end where he's like, what is she doing here? And he, <laughs> whereas before, you know, he's been rooting for Chuck and Sarah, but now he's, he needs him some Chuck time, but Sarah's always there. Sorry, I thought we had plans tonight. You know, what is she doing here? What, uh, what gave you that impression? Oh, uh, when you were leaving earlier and you were like, uh, see you later, dude. To get your word. It's cool. If you don't want me to be here, that's fine. Just gonna stop giving me mixed signals. <laughs> Come on in. Super. Awesome. What are we having? 
Here you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ouch. You okay? Uh, occupational hazard. She got in a lucky kick. The wine's from both of us. And the episode ends with a really cool song by the band The National called Slow Show. And this won't be the last time we hear The National on the show either. It's a great band. And we get a great wrap-up scene here with Sarah basically commenting Chuck that uh, he did a great job on the mission. He's feeling down on himself, but it's her job to build his confidence back up because he didn't do so bad. And one thing that's funny is, you know, Sarah's got a big fat lip at the end of this episode because because of her fight. They don't show Morgan or Ellie or Awesome react to her poor lip, but I can imagine, you know, you can't have every episode her coming up with these excuses for why she has these injuries, but uh, it is kind of funny that it just kind of goes unsaid. Congratulations on your first mission. You did really good, Chuck. Stop it. I'm not really a spy. Your computer ended up in the head of a guy who only knows how to fix them, nothing else. You survived a near-death experience under the threat of torture and apprehended one of the world's most elusive killers. I'm not sure what you think spies do exactly, but most of us would consider that a pretty good day. Okay, sure. So today, I helped take down a major international arms dealer, but tomorrow? And there's this great moment where Chuck says... What's so great about being a hero if nobody knows you are? Tomorrow, I I still got to go clock in at Bymore. I mean, what's the good of being a hero if nobody knows about it? You know. And so do I. And we know too, Chuck, so don't worry. (laughs) But I love this idea. Chuck doesn't want to be a hero. He just wants his life back. But the more of a taste he gets of the spy life changes him. And this is just the beginning. And there's this cute moment here where Chuck says, you know, if we were a real couple, this would be the moment where I'd kiss you. You know, if we were really dating, this would be the part where I'd be forced to kiss you goodnight. Forced? Would it be so bad? I'm sure I could suffer through it. Me too. I think that was a total clue there for Chuck that his sister was right. Sarah does indeed have feelings for him. And I love after that tender moment, Morgan kind of sidles up and he's like, man, that dude. (laughs) And he's referring to Casey watching them in the window. I love it. It's a great way to wrap up the episode on a funny moment. Man, that dude is creepy. Agreed. Well, guys, that was it. That was Chuck versus the Tango. It's a pretty fun episode. I've always enjoyed watching it, and uh, it's a nice beginning for so many things. You know, Charles Carmichael, the cool spy watch, Casey at the bar, and most of all, Chuck going out on missions. I love covering the show, and I can't wait to do more. And guys, remember, just go to chuckpodcast.blogspot.com. That's my new blog I've made for the podcast. And also, uh, I'll let you know when I get that iTunes feed up and going so you can subscribe on iTunes. But remember, you can send me any feedback at nimpodcast at gmail.com. And you can even send a sound file there and just attach it in the email. Or you can call my voicemail line at 1206-309-4729. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I hope you dig Chuck as much as I do. And I'll see you guys on the very next episode. Now that's what I call moving some merchandise, yeah? Now this is podcasting. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> you got a big old guy. Thing. That was so broken this morning.